This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, Tim and Billings just nails it here. We got a message on our Montana Talks app from Tim and Billings talking about this so-called border bill developing in the Senate. It's a total sham, uh, and Donald Trump uh, called it out over the weekend. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the official tally of, of who's against this deal. Uh, so I, I want to confirm, but I've, I've been hearing some good reports when it comes to uh, from a Montana standpoint. Uh, but first, but but in the meantime, yeah, here's what Tim and Billings had to say about this so-called border bill that they're going to try to force uh, in Congress. They will allow X number of illegals into the U.S., just like they would tolerate minor incursions into Ukraine then come to the American taxpayer to steal more money and then have it funneled back to their campaign funds and so-called foundations. Create the problem, say you have a solution, but it will cost so much, pass the, the legislation, prevent the program from actually working, then say you don't have enough money, then steal more from the taxpayer. What a scam. We don't have a government. We have a bunch of con artists forcing us to play three-card Monty with the threat of force as their leverage to force us to play their game. That point that he made about this border deal, so apparently under this uh, this Langford uh, border deal, which is just a total sham, you know, he, uh, they're, they're saying, well, well, we'll allow this many thousands of illegal aliens to come into the country. But once we hit, you know, 5,000 illegal aliens in, in one day, and that's just the ones they know about. That's not all the other gotaways that are that are jumping off of the freight train like cockroaches out into the wood line. Right. Like we talked about last week. This is just the people they know about, not even the gotaways. Well, well, once 5000 come in, OK, well, cap it at 5000. But we're going to allow 5000 illegal aliens to come in every single day. And, and again, it goes back to what Stephen Miller had to say uh, in the point that, that he shared uh, via X dot com over the weekend. Newsflash, the number of illegals who should be allowed into the country is zero. This so-called border deal doesn't even secure the border. It's just a total scam. And luckily, it looks like House Republicans are united against it. And uh, and a, a good chunk of Senate Republicans uh, sound like they're going to stand up against it as well here. Uh, but, but, but back to Tim and Billings, he made a great point. They'll allow X number of illegals into the U.S., just like they tolerated minor incursions into Ukraine. I remember we were at the SHOT Show in Vegas uh, back when Joe Biden uh, uttered those remarks. He was asked, well, well, what if Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine? What are you going to do about it? And his response was, well, if, if it's just a minor incursion. And then what did Russia do? What they considered to be a minor incursion, which, of course, turned into a full-blown war. Now Donald Trump, of course, is saying... Uh, that Joe Biden has us on the brink of World War III uh, following the uh, uh, the killing of three U.S. troops and the wounding of 30-plus others in Jordan on Sunday. All of this weakness under the Biden administration. All right, let's get into your business news. Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal coming up right after this quick break right here on Montana Talks. Here is your Montana news. A mass shooting in West Billings likely involved a BB gun. The victims are car owners. The targets were car windows. This large-scale vandalism occurred late Friday with numerous calls into early Saturday morning.
Accelerate reports that over 50 vehicles had windows shot out on Terry Avenue going west to the 1500 block, then north on 15th Street West until Lewis Avenue. Anyone with information on the shooting spree should call Billings Police at 406-657-8200. That's 406-657-8200. That's the Montana News. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With partly to mostly sunny conditions for the area today. Highs range from about 52 in Bozeman to the low 60s in Billings. For tonight, clear skies, upper 20s in Bozeman, upper 30s in Billings. And then the outlook for Tuesday does call for sunshine with high temperatures ranging from the mid-50s in Bozeman to the mid-60s in the Billings area. Clear into Tuesday night. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. Chatter with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there, sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time, and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise, and that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right into it here with Evelyn Pyburn from the Big Sky Business Journal. I got the hot sheet right here in front of me. Uh, Dr. Pat Barkey, the University of Montana's uh, director of the Bureau of Business and Economic Research, making the rounds across the state. And, of course, he'll be in Billings tomorrow morning. But, Evelyn, uh, I think you've gotten a chance to hear a little bit of his presentation so far. What's been standing out to you? Well, Dr. Barkey is saying that uh, the state's economy is going to be slowing down somewhat in 2024, going back to more normal levels than what we've been seeing as a result of the uh, federal largesses of billions of dollars in recovery funds, uh, and and those have uh, spurred a lot of economic activity in the nation, and but in special, especially in Montana, and uh, but now then that those recovery funds are pretty much you know spent down and and uh, have reduced impact over the past few years. The states have reached record, Montana has reached record goals, and or not necessarily goals, but record peaks in many facets of our economy. But now then we're going to probably go down to a growth level that uh, we're all much more used to seeing, which is kind of a, a steady but sure pace. And uh, but, but Barkey said that Montana was a clear winner emerging from uh, the COVID uh, turmoil. And our, it, we, we had our ups and downs. There were certainly many businesses that uh, did not survive a lot of the turmoil, but there, we've had a strong economy because of the, the largesse from the federal government. And um, some of the well, we can already see some of the things slowing down. 
But one thing that's likely to remain, he said, is our tight labor market. And uh, so that may be continuing to have an impact on the viability of a lot of businesses. Uh, the peak of our uh, economic growth in Montana was in 2021, according to Barkey. Uh, it was also the peak in our population growth, and migration has been slowing down ever since. So, uh, you know, we might uh, see some of that um, lesser pressure on, on our housing market, which uh, is, is still in, uh, in, in bad shape, we might say, in the sense that uh, people are still struggling to get into homes and can't afford them. Um, Barty reported that business people are still hoping for a soft landing from the recession and uh, that that is what experts across the country are predicting, that it's going to be a soft landing. But, of course, this is an election year, so they would be saying that. But and and I and I recall that uh, conversation about was exactly the same about a year ago. So I don't know if that means we are just in a holding pattern pattern as far as the recession is concerned, or if there's really going to be a change. But uh, yeah, I got to kind of laugh because it's like, oh, you know, we're going to have a soft landing from what's going on at the national level of the economy. It's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we've been. We've been like basically, you know, rolling, you know, crashing and rolling uh, uh, in the dirt now for how long under the past three years at the national level. And then but but eventually we'll have a soft stop. Eventually we'll stop and we'll just kind of settle into the dirt is what is what I take away from that. Yeah. The federal, you know, the, the infusion of federal cash is certainly part of it, but it seems like by and large, it's it's the migration patterns and all, all the covid refugees that really drove this explosive growth, uh, particularly in 2021, it was all the people fleeing these blue states to come to, you know, the, the freer states like Montana. And then on top of that, we had we had a, a, a decrease in taxes. We had tax uh, incentives. We had people get tax rebates uh, and that fueled the growth. But for those who said, whoa, 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 to all of the explosive growth that we've had here in Montana as compared to the rest of the country, uh, the, the good news is is that is that that is uh, normalizing, and we're not going to see the explosive shocks to the system that we've seen. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, when you have a tight labor market, that's still signs that that uh, that there's a, an underlying strength of the Montana economy. Yeah, well, and and I think the other thing that's happened is we have gained really strong manufacturing, basic industry kinds of companies that are going to serve us well going forward. Um, this has always been Montana's weaker part of our economy, and and we've seen that make a turnaround. And these companies that are coming here, you know, they they are exporting companies. They're, they're making products and shipping them out, and that brings revenue back to the state, and it funds, you know, the hiring and taxes and everything that we need. So, so I think it's been a really... Uh, good thing going forward, even if it does slow down. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and to people that might be concerned, well, what if things slow down too much? Well, I think that's where, you know, when the governor is announcing these major investments, $125 million from Bristol Defense and Glendive, Vacom and Lewistown, while some people might be concerned about too much growth, given the explosive growth we've seen in the past couple of years, it's like, hey, 
uh, you know, sometimes also, especially in these smaller communities, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so, uh, you know, and we don't see, uh, like you say, any any positive developments on the national front, at least in the next nine months or so, unless we get a major change in the elections. All right. More to follow with Evelyn right after this. Here is your Montana news. A mass shooting in West Billings likely involved a BB gun. The victims are car owners. The targets were car windows. This large-scale vandalism occurred late Friday with numerous calls into early Saturday morning. Color 8 reports that over 50 vehicles had windows shot out on Terry Avenue going west to the 1500 block, then north on 15th Street West until Lewis Avenue. Anyone with information on the shooting spree should call Billings Police at 406-657-8200. That's 406-657-8200. That's the Montana News. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With partly to mostly sunny conditions for the area today. Highs range from about 52 in Bozeman to the low 60s in Billings. For tonight, clear skies, upper 20s in Bozeman, upper 30s in Billings. And then the outlook for Tuesday does call for sunshine with high temperatures ranging from the mid-50s in Bozeman to the mid-60s in the Billings area. Clear into Tuesday night. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. You can plan barbecues and weddings. You can plan to protect yourself from a natural disaster. Sign up for local alerts, prepare an emergency kit, and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. The American Land Board released its fiscal year 2023 annual report to share programs and success stories with mandatory lamb checkoff stakeholders over the last year. The American lamb industry saw many successes during the year, including an overall increase in demand for lamb nationwide. However, it comes at a critical point when U.S. flock numbers are declining. Many American Lamb Board programs focus on increasing demand for American lamb, but industry education and research are also at the forefront of the board's work. Among the 2023 highlights in the report is a sustainability spotlight where growers can find information about the Climate Smart Grant, a new sustainability director, and a landmark environmental footprint study, and much more. More information can be found at AmericanLamb.org. And as we look to the last sale at the Billions Livestock Commission, over 4,800 head of cattle sold, mostly feeder cattle selling, and higher, sharply higher undertones were seen for four to 650-pound steers and four and a half to 650-pound heifers. Taking a look at those prices for the four to four and a half weight steers, Anywhere from $3.60 up to $3.71 for the four and a half to five weight steers, $3.32 to $3.66. The five to five and a half weights, $3.16 up to $3.48, while the five and a half to six weight steers, $2.99 up to $3.16. I'm Lane North Blonde. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
All right, every Monday here in the 7 o'clock hour, we get back to business, talk business news with Evelyn Pyburn from the Big Sky Business Journal. Uh, Evelyn, I don't, I don't know if you ever watch uh, Saturday Night Live. I don't, I don't watch it anymore. And instead of telling good jokes, they've become the joke. Uh, they thought they, they had a gotcha moment with Donald J. Trump, with President Trump. They, he was talking about debanking and how the left is trying to debank certain industries and certain businesses for example the firearms industries and and uh saturday night live uh, none of their whole team of writers even knew what the term debanking was so they were making fun of donald trump but then again we don't expect snl to know a thing or two about business do we no no uh, and you know i you're talking about it impacting banks but th- they're actually the using financial access to finances as a, a means of uh, quelling uh, anybody who disagrees with them because there's quite a few different businesses that are being debanked, including the fossil fuels industry. And uh, so the impact of that is, is you know, doubly uh, impacting Montana because, of course, Fossil fuels is important to our economy, and uh, and I, from what I understand, the a lot of the man, gun manufacturing industry is coming to Montana. We were just talking uh, a few minutes ago about 150, more than 150 businesses are coming to Montana. So because we have a better financial market for business, which I think is really really good. Yeah, 100, 150 already here, actually, with, with more coming uh, and, and on the way, that's for sure. No, you, you hit a great point, which is kind of what we, we emphasized last week, which is you could you could talk about all of the issues we were talking about with the gun industry last week, and you could apply it to oil, gas, coal. You could apply it to pro-life entities uh, and how they're trying to debank uh, and take away insurance opportunities from other types of businesses. And you're exactly right. They're trying it's, – it's political retribution against their political opposition – which is why they're they're leading this charge. Uh, let's talk housing here. Oh, by the way, when it comes to Montana and the economy, we added eight thousand eight hundred jobs in twenty twenty three. We set employment records. We've got that story on our Montana Talks website right now. Uh, housing prices uh, here. This is some very interesting information that came out of the Montana Department of Commerce, and you've got this story in the hot sheet this morning as well. Yes, um, unfortunately, Montana's not doing so well in that department. Um, since 2017, the cost of a home in Billings has grown 105%, according to the Montana Department of Commerce. And um, the home ownership for uh, the, the Department of Commerce said that the home ownership for the middle to low income people in Montana is near impossible given the spike in prices, high federal interest rates, and the fact that median household income is not keeping up. So uh, let's see here. Um, The numbers are, uh, let's see, the the, the housing peaked last summer at 523,000 $900 $900 for a medium-priced home, which was 70% higher than when growth started in the summer of 2020. Um, 
the median income needed to purchase a home in 2023 was $141,000, and that's up from 124000 in 2022. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people who don't make $140,000 in Montana. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even with multiple uh, incomes or, or dual incomes in a household. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm sure that some of those numbers, since they are statewide numbers, are, are skewed by, you know, Madison County, home of the Yellowstone Club and the explosive in, in the high dollar uh, homes in the big sky, Bozeman areas, Whitefish, et cetera. But even still, I mean, even in the even in, the you know, the, uh, you know, cities like Billings, et cetera, you've seen skyrocketing home prices, which, of course, is good for those folks that are trying to build equity and, and need to sell their home or are looking to, to downsize into something and, and that can actually sell. But for the average taxpayer, it just uh, hits you right in the pocketbook once again. And in meantime, the Montana legislature, uh, you know, as you point out, tried to address the crisis with legislation to make it easier to build more housing, more affordable housing. And, of course, you had a judge uh, bring uh, that to a halt as well. Evelyn Pyburn, always appreciate your time with us here every Monday from the Big Sky Business Journal. Check out the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet. You can sign up for it. Get it in your email inbox as well. And keep your eye out there or or, uh, subscribe to the print edition as well. Dr. Pat Barkey, he's giving his... uh, economic presentation in Billings tomorrow and then he's going to pop up and join us in studio to talk more about our economy. That'll be in tomorrow's uh, 9 o'clock towards the end of the 9 o'clock hour uh, on Tuesday. President Biden is asking for prayers and says we shall respond to the death of three American soldiers in a drone attack. Dozens are injured. The attack struck a logistics support base at Tower 22 in northeast Jordan near the Syrian border. About 350 U.S. Army and Air Force are deployed there, and one of their roles include helping defeat ISIS. Since October 17th, Iran proxy forces have targeted U.S. troops more than 150 times in Iraq and Syria. Fox is now in Rivera. A 17-year-old murder suspect who escaped during a medical visit last Wednesday is recaptured in Philadelphia on a city bus. Shane Pryor, who's awaiting trial for a 2020 homicide, had been held in a juvenile facility since then. Officers say he was not handcuffed when he fled last week and that they found a handcuff key on the teen when he was caught Sunday evening. Fox is Lillian Wu. America's listening to Fox. All right. Hey, we got phone lines open for you. If you got something you want to talk about, 406-294-0970, or you can message us on our Montana Talks app. Yeah, we're now back uh, home from the SHOT Show down in Las Vegas. And man, we, I'll tell you what, we had so much content. What stood out to you guys? Those of you who tuned in, who listened in on our conversations down at the SHOT Show last week, was there something that stood out to you, something you found interesting? Or you got something you want to talk about? You've been you've been itching to call in because, you know, when, when we take the show on the road, it's a little hard to take your phone calls. So uh, we got the phone lines open for you right now. Uh, uh, let's, I'm going to play more of our SHOT Show coverage. We were able to catch up with some more folks down at the SHOT Show after we wrapped up the show on Friday. So we got more content to follow uh, later on in the 8 o'clock hour and, and 9 o'clock hours of the program as well. But, uh, yeah, if you want to call in, give us a ring. Obviously, this uh, sham of a so-called border deal uh, coming out of the, the Senate, uh, it, Joe Biden already says he'll support it, which tells you it isn't going to do a dang thing to secure this invasion on our southern border. Tom and Billings uh, made a good point, and I think Tom is a retired U.S. Army. Thanks for your service, Tom. Tom says this, there is a time and a place 
for compromise in the day-to-day of Congress. But I am appalled that there are those in Congress who are willing to compromise with my life, with American lives, in this, quote, compromise on the border. Well said by by Tom and Billings, and it ties in with what, what Tim and Billings had to say earlier, which is, you know, under this sham of a border bill, they're going to allow X number of illegals to come into the country, even still under this so-called border uh, bill. And Tim he likened it to the minor incursion in Ukraine that where, where Joe Biden basically laid out the, the welcome mat for Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine, that this border deal basically lays out the welcome mat for a minor incursion. You can sense the sarcasm in that one. To continue along our southern border, it is absolutely outrageous that they would think the American people will fall for this nonsense. But but back to Tom's point. You know, isn't it interesting that some of the same people who refuse to get to the, the negotiating table to compromise to, to come to an end to the war in Ukraine, boy, they're all about compromising American security on our border. They don't want to compromise Ukrainian security, and you can't really blame them for that. But why, why do they want to compromise American security and compromise our American border? And so I'm glad House Republicans are standing up against this. And as I understand it, uh, 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 some Senate Republicans are standing up against it as well. I, I just hope, as we've been hearing, that it will be dead on arrival in the House of Representatives. Okay, uh, Montana National Guard troops. Will the governor send Montana National Guard troops to our southern border our friends at kmmr mustang radio in malta shared the news over the weekend thanks to the disney family and libby for for sharing that with me over the weekend uh i'll tell you what what the governor's office had to say in response to that question plus governor gianforte was on fox news uh talking about the invasion on our southern border so i want to play that uh quick soundbite for you as well right after this Securing America. The deaths of several U.S. service members in an attack at the Jordan-Syria border by Iranian-backed militants, which also injured at least 25, elicited strong reactions Sunday. President Biden said, quote, We will hold all those responsible to account at a time and in a manner of our choosing. Republicans blame the administration, with Speaker Mike Johnson posting on X that America must send a clear message that attacks on our troops will not be tolerated. Prior to news of the attacks, Joint Chiefs Chairman General C.Q. Brown discussed the situation in the Middle East during an interview with ABC this week. We want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces at the same time, not have this brought into a a much wider conflict. When asked directly if Iran is seeking an all-out war with the United States, the chairman said... No, I don't think so. Only time will tell if that remains status quo. Kevin Uresky, Fox News. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. Tim and Savage, I, I, I threw out the question to our listeners. Hey, what, what stood out to you last week uh, for our SHOT Show coverage? Was there something we talked about? Was there an interview? Uh, what, what stood out to you? Anyway, Tim and Savage says this. I loved all of the great interviews, especially with the Montana Connections. 
But the love for our elected officials from other states was heartwarming. Uh, that's what Tim and Savage had to say. Yeah, you know, the Montana connections, that that was key. I mean, obviously, we're at the SHOT Show, and so you've got all the, the major players in the gun and ammo industries, outdoor gear industries down there. And so, you know, great to hear about the, you know, the new guns and gear when we had the opportunity. I still need to catch up with Tom Gresham. I, I, I chatted with his son who was down there at the Gun Talk uh, booth on, on Radio Row right uh, right down the, the hall from us. Uh, and uh, But didn't get a chance to run into Tom yet again. So maybe we'll catch up with Tom later this week for those of you who missed his Gun Talk coverage over the weekend. But. But really for us, you know, the Montana connections were what was most important, really. I mean, we had open, just like we have phone lines open for Montanans right now where you get to talk, we had microphones open down there for any Montanans that wanted to come up and, and say hello. Uh, I, I did share a bunch of photos on our Montana Talks website. Uh, if you check out our Montana Talks website right now and click on uh, any of my SHOT Show stories, I put together a whole photo gallery uh, like it was kind of actually this was really cool. So uh, <laughs> I didn't advertise this one on the website because I didn't want other folks to get all uh, you know jealous out there from some of the other radio shows. But this was so cool. So I, we're wrapping up Friday, and I'm starting to you know tear down the equipment to pack it up and and bring it home. And but didn't pull down my Montana Talks banner yet. Thankfully I didn't because this guy comes up. And I saw he had a couple boxes of, of ESS sunglasses in his hands. And I wore a bunch of ESS goggles, sunglasses, you know, uh, you know, during my time in the military got issued, you know, on almost every deployment, you know, you'd have some ESS safety glasses or, or what have you. And so, so I was like, oh, man, those look cool. I was like, I, you know, and I, I wanted to be Norwegian nice, so I didn't want to ask for anything for free. I kind of wanted to be like, hey, are you guys doing any free giveaways? Uh, apparently, they can't give away a bunch of free swag down there. But anyway, uh, I, but I was Norwegian nice, so I didn't ask. Anyway, the guy ends up walking over to our Montana booth, and he says, hey, you guys are from Montana. He's like, I'm from Whitefish. I was like, oh, sweet. Hey, good to meet you. So I get a photo with this guy. He's like, hey, since you're from Montana, here you go. And I'm like, sweet, sweet. Uh, so anyway. John Jackson gets to be the man in black. I got some some desert tan ones that'll that'll uh, hopefully hopefully I don't have to wear those to a desert anytime soon. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it was great seeing the uh, you know just not just the the Montana businesses that have their own booth down there, but also just the individual Montanas that were cruising around uh, uh, the shot show that that work for various other gun and outdoor gear businesses. All right. Everybody was asking this question. We uh, threw this question out as well. Will Montana send troops to the southern border to support Texas? Of course, Governor Greg Gianforte, we, sh we shared this news last week. He, along with 24 other Republican governors, stood up and said very clearly they support Texas in their constitutional right to defend themselves. Uh, KMMR Mustang Radio in Malta. I think Riot called in and said, "Hey, I, I asked the governor's office if they're going to be sending troops to our southern border." They got a response. They got a response. Here's what KMMR Mustang Radio in Malta reported: Montana Governor Gianforte, uh, press secretary, released this to us to report. "Quote: Montana is participating with 25 other states in the American Governor's Border Strike Force." a multi-state partnership to secure our southern border and stop the flow of drugs into our communities. The governor also deployed Montana National Guard troops to the southern border last year to support customs and border protection officers on the ground. 
And then I think this was uh, Friday. I think this for Thursday or Friday, they, mu- they must have sent this out. Uh, the governor joined 24 other governors in support of Texas' fight to defend the southern border. The governor has deployed Montana National Guard to the border. That was uh, reported by KMMR Mustang Radio. And this was Governor Greg Gianforte. I think this was Friday on Fox News with Harris Faulkner. May, it may have been Saturday as well. What are you seeing as the ramifications of this, even in your state of Montana? Yeah, well, let's put a clear point on this. I mean, we since Joe Biden has taken office, we've seen 10 million people cross the southern border illegally. That's 10 illegal immigrants for every citizen of the state of Montana. Uh, we're seeing the implications here on the northern border. We've been arresting Mexican cartel drug dealers in the state of Montana. We are being overwhelmed. There is no word to describe this except invasion. Uh, the open border policy of the Biden administration is making every state a border state, as Governor Kemp said. And it's time for the uh, administration to step up and do their job. That's why it was not a question about whether we were going to stand uh, mm-hmm. with Governor Abbott in protecting the southern border. All right, one more for you. Would you commit resources as uh, Governor Christy Nome has done? Would you send your National Guard? Would you personally go down there at this point to stand with Texas? Well, I've been there multiple times. We had Montana National Guard on the southern border most of last year. But let's be clear. Uh, The number one responsibility of the federal government is to secure the nation, and they haven't done it. Job one is to secure the border. We've provided resources, and we'll continue to do so. All right. Not only have we already provided resources, but we will continue to do so. Now, my my main question is, okay, it's great to hear that there's this 25-state border task force governor's you know border task force what was the exact word let me see where i I just uh, shared that info from uh from kmmr in malta where did i put it i hope i didn't uh, throw it in the recycle bin here already because i'm going to need that one for later to talk about it a little bit more anyway i'm sure it's in front of me here somewhere amidst my stack of stuff but uh but yeah but basically so you've got this governor's border strike task force okay what are their authorities what are they actually able to do and how are they being hamstrung by the federal government, uh, potentially? The, the big story, of course, in Texas is the razor wire dispute. So Texas is thankfully doing whatever they can to try to stop this invasion of illegal aliens. And, the, and so but then, you know, the Biden administration, they've been ordering the Border Patrol to come in and cut the razor wire. Remove the razor wire that is uh, one of the only speed bumps in this flood of illegal aliens on our southern border. And then, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court came out with their ruling where they said, oh, yep, the feds have the authority to remove the razor wire. But as we pointed out here on this show, the Supreme Court did not say that Texas lacks the authority to put up the razor wire in the first place that they did not say that texas lacks the authority to defend themselves from this hostile invasion on our southern border they may have said that well the feds have the you know they have the authority to come in and remove the razor wire but they didn't say that texas does not have the authority to set it up in the first place bill malusian uh shared this report he's the fox news reporter who's been doing great coverage on the border uh, since day one, uh, here's the here's the report he filed over the weekend. The feds gave Texas a deadline to allow them access back into Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, but 
Texas did not comply. They're actually doubling down with even more razor wire. Despite a Supreme Court order that allows Border Patrol to cut and remove Texas razor wire while the merits of the case are being litigated, Border Patrol hasn't cut anything yet. And a senior CBP official tells Fox they have no immediate plans to do so. This after a coalition of 25 Republican governors signed a letter in support of Texas. And one of those governors, South Dakota's Christy Nome, visited Shelby Park, an area she described as a, quote, war zone. All right, speaking of South Dakota Governor Christy Nome, I saw she was on CNN's State of the Union. Let me find this dailycaller.com piece. Let's see. I think I think our producer, Travis, printed it up for it. Yeah, there, here it is. Uh, CNN host Dana Bash went silent Sunday after South Dakota Republican Governor Kristi Noem questioned what President Joe Biden has done for the border. Uh, let's see. Let me. I think I got it for you right here. He's negotiating because this is what Republicans want him to do. So, again, why not take the, the W? What, is it, what has he done? What has he done? He's, he's done nothing as far as actual policies and actually using the tools that he has. I sat two days ago with people that work for him that said this president is tying our hands every single day. He does not let us do our job. This president, we work for him, we work for the federal government, and we hate it. Yeah, there he goes, CNN. What, what has Joe Biden done to secure our southern border? Silence, silence. She's like, man, I'm not falling on that grenade. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Dana Bash was smart enough to know I'm not even going to try to answer that one or I'm going to be as big of a joke as Saturday Night Live was over the weekend. Uh, hey, I'll tell you what, you know, being down in Las Vegas, man, stuff gets so expensive. It, yeah, man, a cup of coffee is like 10 bucks. So imagine if you're trying to eat breakfast, lunch and dinner and a snack in between, man, you'd be spending a pile of money. Thankfully, I saved a lot of money and I, I probably I'll bet you I lost even more weight last week because i was still doing my diet tune-up through billings last diet so for breakfast i had my my ideal protein protein snack same thing for lunch uh i'm telling you what not only will you lose the weight but you can save money over the long haul billingslastdiet.com billingslastdiet.com Fox News commentary. Red state governors rally around Governor Abbott and Texas's constitutional right to defend itself from invasion i'm tommy laren more next from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey, this is Trey Gowdy, host of the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Every Tuesday, you'll hear what's on my mind. Plus, every Thursday, there's a special bonus episode where we answer the questions that are on your mind. Make sure to spend your Tuesdays and Thursdays with Trey. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Hope to see you. America's listening to Fox News. There is strength in numbers, and Republican leaders have figured it out. After the Supreme Court ruled that the Biden administration can remove the razor wire Texas installed to protect its border with Mexico, Governor Greg Abbott held his ground. Instead of caving to the Biden regime, Governor Abbott instead maintains that his state has a constitutional right to defend itself from invasion, especially since the Biden regime refuses to enforce the laws on the books. Since, red state governors around the country, including Governors DeSantis, Lee, Sanders, Youngkin, and others, have pledged their support of Governor Abbott and the 
great state of Texas. At last, it's about time conservative leaders banded together in solidarity. There is no issue more important to the future of this nation than immigration. Texas and its leaders are well within not only their rights, but duty to stop or at least soften the invasion. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Lahren is Fearless, at Outkick.com. This is Paul Perry with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blanton. A question that will soon face Republicans is how they will unite the party. Our Fox News voter analysis election surveys in both Iowa and New Hampshire found overall about one-third of GOP voters would be so dissatisfied with Donald Trump or Nikki Haley, they would not vote for them in the general election. In New Hampshire, among Haley supporters, 77% said they wouldn't vote for Trump in November. Among Trump supporters, 51% wouldn't vote for Haley. Those are sizable numbers. Even if we assume most would ultimately support the GOP candidate in a 50-50 nation, losing any votes matters. That means if Haley's the nominee, she'll need to broaden her support beyond moderates and highly educated voters and appeal more to the GOP base. If it's Trump, it means going beyond the base and appealing more to groups like suburban voters and independents. I'm Dana Blanton, and that's your Paul Purry. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. I was scanning through the Fox News radio headlines earlier this morning because, of course, we are your Fox News affiliate here. 1450 KMS Bozeman, 970 KBUL Billings. And I saw a soundbite here from Texas Congressman August Fluger. That's one of the great guests that we caught up with. It really fun catching up with him last week. Well, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, was sidekicking with us down at the Shot Show in Las Vegas. We had a great conversation with Congressman Fluger. We also had a great conversation with the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, Mark Green out of Tennessee, who told us that they would be moving forward with the impeachment of uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And, and yes, uh, House Republicans are moving to impeach Mayorkas uh, here's uh, Peter Ducey from the White House with the latest. Let me cue that up for you. I was going to play this August Fluger soundbite, and, and I still will. Uh, but first, uh, let, let me share the uh, scene setter for you here, the report 
on what's uh, set to happen this week. Uh, Fox's Peter Ducey. The move to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas isn't because the border is a mess. It's because he said the border is not a mess right now. And these lawmakers feel like they have been lied to by him. So in the articles of impeachment, you've got Article 1, willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law. And then Article 2 is a breach of public trust. The House Speaker Mike Johnson is saying this vote to impeach him is going to happen as soon as possible. And Speaker Johnson is one of the most outspoken voices against the bipartisan Senate negotiations on the border. All right. And, and going back to Texas Congressman August Fluger, here's what he had to say about this impeachment effort. When you look at the egregious nature of what this administration has done under the leadership of Secretary Mayorkas, who took an oath of office, by the way, to protect and defend the Constitution. You're talking over 8 million people illegally in this country, over 300 who matched the terror watch list that we know about, 100,000 deaths from fentanyl. All right, now let's wrap up. I'm looking at the clock. Man, the time is quickly escaping us here. Let's wrap up the hour on a lighter note. One of the stories, I don't know if John Jackson and I talked about this on the air. We talked about it off the air, uh, but uh, the liberal media, is laying people off left and right. Listen to this this far-left wacko journalist named Taylor Lorenz from the Washington Post, and then listen to Greg Gutfeld respond. When you look at the agreement... Oh, hold on. Let me cue up uh, that one for you here. Hopefully I can sneak it all in. All right, let's... Oh, now I'm pressing the wrong clips here. All right, let's see. I think we got it now. Our journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire D.C. bureau in an election year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people. And, oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Pretty much the entire digital media ecosystem that myself and a lot of other millennial journalists came up in has been completely hollowed out. Meanwhile, hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue, to the New Yorker, to Vanity Fair, are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. Even if you do get a job, journalists' salaries have been stagnant and even declined. And by the way, we don't make that much to begin with. I don't think people understand how bad the world would be without journalists. She's right. (laughs) Without journalists, who would arrest criminals or put out fires or build our roads or take care of the sick or deliver our mail or pick up our trash, keep our water and electricity running or defend our country? So yeah, thank God for journalists. Look, crazy lady, everyone understands how bad the world would be without journalists because we haven't had any for decades. Look at all the hoaxes our so-called media pushed while missing the biggest stories of the century. Fact is, only our treasured journalists could fake a scam involving Russia to undermine the incoming president without consequences. Only our treasured journalists could deny a lab-leaked virus for years and suppress anyone who dared question the lying experts. Only our treasured journalists would proudly disseminate the government's talking points word for word on everything from Hunter's laptop to border policy to crime stats, looting, and riots. Only our treasured journalists would protect a vegetable who can't leave his basement or finish a sentence and helps him get elected president with multiple election laws changes, then eggs on attacking his political enemies while celebrating the imprisonment of those who didn't vote for him, and only our treasured journalists would want us to hear about the tragic plight of our treasured journalists. So yeah, I don't think the world would understand how bad the world would be without journalists, but I have a feeling millions of us would like to find out. All right, John Jackson shared that via Twitter, called it absolute perfection by Gutfeld.